You know what time it is. It's time for the Dodcast. Dennis the Menace. That's me! Y'all ready for this? The fitness industry is booming. People have never been so conscious about how they look. It seems as though every second influencer on Instagram either has a six-pack or a set of fine curves. There's been a tenfold increase in the number of gyms which have opened across the length and breadth of the country. But why is this so? How come the numbers suffering from chronic conditions like type 2 diabetes and obesity are still on the rise? Is there any way of finding a happy medium between the two? Clean Cut Meals is a Galway-based meal prep company. It all started from a home kitchen cooking for friends and family, which then snowballed into something so much bigger. After some very brief market research via posting meals up on social media platforms and seeing the response, the then young college students went about setting up a fully-pledged independent business. Their story is unique and has such wonderful charm. In this episode, we talk to Connor and Michael, who explained the tremendous wins and horrific losses in their journey to establishing the number one meal prep com- company in the country. They detail the difficulty of entering a market which is still relatively new and unestablished, the importance of competition and how it allowed their company to flourish, and also how they are transforming the lives of people in a sustained, organic way. The 70-30 rule is something in which they speak about with regards to nutrition and is something that each and every person should take away from this podcast. Episode 19, Yin and Yang. Let's get this party started. Ladies and gents, gents and ladies, we're kindly joined here today by Clean Cut Meals uh, HQ. I'm here today with Mr. Conor McCallion and Michael Dyer. Uh, the brain's the bronze of the, the operation. Who's who? Uh, brains here, Mihal, definitely yeah. the brains. Yeah, I, I'm the operation. Yeah, of yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mick, Mick's gonna have to find a Mick is what they call you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Mick or Mash or Mike, Mike, Mike. yeah, any of the above. What do they call you, Connor? Uh, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> gents, gents, how are you today? Uh, very good. How are you? How, how's things going, guys? Business is going good. Yeah, it's going great. We're very happy. Um, I suppose we've ramped up big style since 2017 and in 2018 it's just been progressing great. We started off in Galway, so obviously in the last year we've uh, pushed out to national distribution, so it's been huge for us. Yeah, it's been yeah. massive. So Galway, I suppose we just focused on Galway for the first two, two years. years. Yeah. And then we got a lot of customers getting onto us from Dublin and stuff like that, so we just kind of put the head down. How do we get to the customers in Dublin? How do we get to the customers in Cork? Mm. We came up with a solution anyways. Uh, worked with distribution uh, channels. Uh, worked with pathogens. Before, before we get into any of that distribution, before I want to ask anything, just if you could very, very simply just explain yourselves to the listeners who don't know the two gents that I have sitting in front of you. Connor, if you could start, just give us a little bit of a lowdown. Who you are, where you're from, So, I'm a Galway man. Um, I studied uh, hotel and catering management for four years in GMIT. Well, it took me about seven years. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I, I, I got there eventually. Uh, but I worked in hotels uh, across Europe. Did placement over America in one of the best country club I suppose and I suppose I spent a summer over in San Fran um, on a J1 and I kind of seen the idea there so that's kind of my background um, Michael yeah, so I am Michal, I'm a Galway man as well, from the west of Ireland, from Uchtred, big shout out. Um, I suppose I've been a chef since I was 16, 
I went to GMIT, I studied culinary arts. I'd done that for three years and I took a year out then. I graduated with level seven. I took a year out, went to San Francisco as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Connor didn't actually cross paths in San Francisco, but I'd done a bit of work experience there. I worked in London, uh, I worked in San Francisco, I worked in Galway. And um, basically, that's me, I suppose. Yeah. Just been a chef all my life, yeah. Were you guys always friends? Yeah, well, well was college, later, yeah. yeah, later days. We met in college in GMIT. Yeah. Uh, mainly the reason was for the social aspect, I'd say. Come we de- on. We definitely weren't uh, business heads uh, at the early we, days we, in we college. Say, when you say social aspect, it's, it's, it's such a kind of a hidden word for, I mean, were you out drinking bottles of beer? Yeah, we were, yeah, 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 yeah. big time, yeah. College, college yeah, big time, yeah, big time. We're in the same oh. year. Uh, we kind of had the same click. I would have known some of Connor's friends uh, through sports and stuff, but okay. I wouldn't know Connor directly, and then we just became friends, I suppose, in college. We hit it off. Yeah. Just, just, just <laughs> you hit it off. Yeah. Just, just, just in terms of like before we get into the actual depth of the interview, would you recommend for for any uh, business heads out there, or aspiring business heads, do you go into business with your best friend, or do you go into business um, with? Um, just a random person who you know has a kind of a good business well, psyche. They always say to keep business and friends out of it. Yeah. But I okay. suppose, uh, you know, I knew I knew me all and I knew what he's like. So, you know, both was kind of clicked off mm. from there. Um, I think it's, uh, I, I think that's a thing of the past, going to business, don't go into business with your friends. I think it's definitely sustainable. But yeah. you need to know from the get-go who's in charge of what, what, who's bringing what to the table and who can focus on what and who's better at what and to hand off tasks. And to be honest, we've had a great relationship. We've fallen out probably five times in the last four years over very minor things. Like it's not been, people are saying you'd be at loggerheads and you'd be fighting all the yeah. time. It's like working with your sister or your dad. It's definitely not. We actually have more crack than we do falling out. Like it's great. You're, you're, you're nodding uh, you that there. No, no, no. Well, he's grabbed her in the table. Like, say yes. like, do you feel sometimes like you're like a married couple? Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, I avoid his phone calls sometimes because <laughs> I see him all day. I don't want to see him in the yeah. evening time. You know That's what I mean? always, we're always yeah. away with each yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, folks, so at the start of the show, as, as all the listeners know very, very well, we do a little game called association. So that's a, a word, sentence, or a phrase. Where you, oh, don't worry, oh, no. don't worry. It's, it, it's just literally the first thing that comes to your head. Yeah, um, perfect. Vic, we're going to start off with you. It's going to be every second one. So the first thing that I say, it go to you, and then vice versa to yourself. Okay. We'll just switch it across. Okay. So first one is uh, distribution. Uh, boxes. Uh, MMA. Conor McGregor. Meatball marinara. Italiano. Uh, favorite cheat meal. Mm, Handsome burger. Oh. Nice one. Nutrition. Nutritious solutions. Are nutrition solutions? Should I say? Top quality. Turn ons. <laughs> <laughs> There's something there. There's definitely something there. Don't hold back. Mike Runners. <laughs> Is he holding back? He's holding back. <laughs> blonde <laughs> hair, I'd say. I'd say blonde <laughs> hair, Hunter. Turn offs. Oh, uh, messy. Okay. Conor McGregor. Inspiring. Easter eggs. Tasty. Obesity. Uh, problem that needs to be tackled. Mm. Barry Cohen. Controversial. Mm. Pieta House. Good cause. GAA. Big fans. Galway. Great spot. Muhammad Ali. All time legend. Steak and chips. Mm. I'm not a big fan. Okay, okay. Yeah. Speak your mind here. We're all here today to speak your mind. Success. Attainable. Failure. Um, geez, you're putting me on the spot. Now. <laughs> I don't. Uh, not me. Okay. Avocados. 
Too expensive. Mail for Sam. Hey, mail. <laughs> Childhood hero. Uh, Jesus. Uh, Richard Branson. Okay, yeah, nice. Favorite movie? Nine on Wire. All right, and core, as in core abdominal exercises. Yeah, uh, I don't have much. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Very good core. G- gents, y- there was obviously a couple of kind of GA references. Are, are you guys trying to take over the, the GA market or just in general? Like, what are the fitness uh, dimensions or what are the fitness people that you're kind of targeting mm, we had a strategy last year to go into the GA specifically we spent a lot of 2017 working on this strategy mm. and um, I suppose the main reason for it was because these guys are seen as top level athletes which they are they put their body on the line for their county they train three to five times a week and they play matches every weekend and I don't think they get um, I suppose recognized as they should they don't get paid they get a couple of allowances um, but for us it just wasn't working in terms of uh, scalability and in terms of business we would get our brand recognition out there by utilizing some of the main players but it didn't really work as a strategy to try and get into every single GA team you know they, these guys they know their nutrition uh, they can easily do it at home themselves so I don't think it really worked for us in terms of the GA yeah I agree like I just it's it's an avenue that we went down and I just think that it's it's not the market where we need to be. We need to be kind of in different markets. Mm, and okay. we really focus a lot of energy on that market. But, but, but it seems like you guys have a background. I was going to cross you there, Carl. Yeah. It seems like you guys have a background in GA sports. Like, what was What's your background in terms of did you, what sports did you play when you were growing up as kids? I played soccer and GA. Yeah. Um, that was the I height. Was, I was into boxing and MMA. Boxing MMA, mm. kickboxing. I wasn't in MMA, sorry, but kickboxing and boxing. Grew up in the streets. Yeah, fighting, yeah. fighting all each other. So, so I suppose uh, it's, it's a nice segue that to start talking about your your your, your childhood. Like you you had said, born and bred in Galway, then went to GMIT. Yeah. Like, was this something that kind of came about as a brainchild, or how did this come about? I suppose. Well, to be honest, I just Connor, was- Connor, you've seen it. Like the idea came from, it was a Me Too idea, it definitely wasn't original. We were probably the fourth company in Ireland to do this. But first uh, in Connacht. First in Connacht, first definitely, in Connacht. yeah. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an original innovative idea. I think the way we've turned it, we've made it innovative ourselves. But it came from the States, Connor's seen it. But, at, but in saying that, I think we knew there was more to work. Mm. I'd worked all my life through school, through college as a chef. Uh, I remember leaving an establishment and it was about half one in the night and this is my point when I said enough is enough and I'd been in there since about 8am and I remember leaving and um, the owner actually ushering me out the door to get customers in saying kind of like move you know not even a pat on the back not even a small bit of recognition for what I was doing and it really pissed me off even a thank you would have made me feel appreciated you know so I definitely felt there was more in terms of what I can do myself with my degree it wasn't just being a chef in the line you know I could definitely excel and do more and I was ready to leave yeah. that scene so when Connor approached me with the idea I was like absolutely like why not you know why wouldn't I do it he's like you can cook like you know let's get the cooking I'll do the distribution we'll work together we'll get sales like let's do it and I said like why not you know why not there was no there was no better time yeah like I seen I seen over in the states uh, seen everyone coming out of the gym with their meal prep containers and I was over in San Fran, San Fran and I was struggling with my nutrition over there just because you know you're over in San Fran you're working of course a crap job and you're working long hours and come back and the last thing you're doing is making a nutritious meal so I thought about it uh, for a long time uh, went to Mihal, knew he was a chef 
and once once we, we, we talked about it, we're actually mm. it was funny enough we we're mm. sitting in a we we're sitting in a pub mm. and we we're drinking a pint mm-hmm. and it was about where all these good decisions happened. About yeah. half eleven in the morning as well. It wasn't yeah, it was late. A, like. It was after night off. Yeah. We we're sitting down, we we're in having a pint and I just talked to him and I said, What would what, what do you think of this idea? Would you do it? Mm. And he said, Absolutely, let's go for it. So that's how it started, mm. I suppose. No, we didn't just we did dive into it by all means, but we did do market research. Like Connor at the time, I had just graduated and Connor at the time was just doing his final year. And I spent a lot of time, I actually cut my hours back to part-time mm-hmm. and I put a lot of time into market research and just to see was there a need for this in the West. Like the culture possibly wasn't there in Ireland. We were coming out of a recession. The money definitely wasn't there. And I was thinking, would it be accepted? Who's going to take to this product if it goes to market? Will somebody take to it? And to be honest, the feedback we got was insane. So I registered then to do a, a graduate's entrepreneurship program with GMIT as an extension to my degree at the end. It was a six-month lean startup program. And that really helped me get the idea from just idea stage to actual production stage like we worked like Connor was in college as I said doing 40 hours a week in college I'd be wrecking his head in the evening time to do this that and the other you know I was working a part time job while I was trying to get this going as well so it did take a good bit of time to get into action it, it, it was at least seven or eight months by the time yes. we got the idea to actually rolling you know at least yeah, yeah. And, I mean guys for, for you for, for you fellas it was extremely difficult in particular going through a recession you guys were in GMIT and it's it's terrible that it happens, but in Ireland, unfortunately, institute technologies get a kind of a bad rap for themselves, mm-hmm. and they're kind of people are put down in these mm-hmm. institutes. When I'm standing in front of you today, you've, you've absolutely, for a fact, so, uh, per, so, um, passed out anything that I've ever done to this date. Did you, did you find at one stage that people were kind of nearly belittling the ideas that you absolutely, had? Absolutely, sure. I was actually it was funny enough when we started in my final year in college, we had to do um, a new business idea, and we were actually working at Clean Cut Meals, and the place was up and running. I say we had customers, nearly, yeah, yeah nearly we had four customers, months, yeah. and I did the project on Clean Cut Meals, and I went into the project, the sorry, the, the final presentation, I suppose. And one of the lecturers was like, I just don't think it's a great idea at all. I don't think it really? work. Another lad put it down as well. So, um, it How was. How did you take that? Uh, it was just kind of in one ear out the other because I knew we had something going on. I knew that there was a need for it because when you're trying to listen to like a middle aged woman trying to give you advice, I don't know. On if a it really new works. concept, you know, on this a new is concept, new. Yeah. But is, this is, is, new. is that stubborn, stubbornness on your behalf or part? I mean, surely over time, whatever about one weight raindrop, but it needs to pour at you. And if there's two or three, four people saying to you, I know for myself, mm-hmm. it's going to hit, going to impact mm-hmm. you in some way. Some for sure, yeah. I think people sure. like original ideas. I think mm-hmm. people like to see other people following someone else's footsteps. And when me and Michal were starting, I suppose, uh, we had no one to follow. And mm. We just went for it. Like, we had no trading history. I was calling suppliers, can we set up accounts, cash on delivery only. We had no cash. I was like, guys, come on, you got to give me credit. No chance. No trading history. Who the heck are you guys? Two young lads. You haven't a clue. Like, we approached premises for lease. They took one look at us and said, no, uh, we actually don't have any space when their space is advertised. You know, we were basically brushed away. So it was very hard to get that recognition and validity that we actually I suppose we, we earned it we did need to earn it we shouldn't have had it at the start I, I'm, don't get me wrong in saying we, we, we deserved everything but it was just very hard to start and the funny story was how we actually started was like as I said we had no cash so we actually had to just uh, we, we, we put it out on social media that's what we done we made a page we took a few photos of the meals in from my home house out in, I was living in Castle Park at the time right next to GMIT so 
we just popped a few meals on a table took some shots that we thought were good looking at them now ter- terrible <laughs> terrible photography we thought they were the bee's knees very bad but uh, it worked like we put it out there we said what we were doing we we're going to launch in four weeks we gave everyone a heads up within a week we had what three and a half thousand likes on Facebook yeah. wow. we had hundreds hundreds wow, of messages nuts. hundreds of messages people saying I want to get on board let me get in you know so what we did we, we, we done a two week pre-order scheme and the customer then paid two weeks in advance for the product yeah. and with that money we actually were able to buy our produce you know so we actually used the customer's cash to um to roll like our produce to roll everything to, to we didn't take a wage for the first year i'd say mm. you know because we were just constantly snowballing the customer's mm. cash um to, to to pay our ways so that was a that was a funny enough story how we started you know yeah and times i suppose times were hard as well in the first year because mm. i know that we weren't taking a wage and we we're just saying what is the point mm. in this and we had Mike, some tough you, days you were back in Oxford in, in your old kitchen you were working i was working part-time with my dad every friday trying to do uh, while you are in college while I was in college yeah mm. so uh, we kind of came to a point as well where I think maybe in the first six months our orders dropped down to eight customers mm. wow and we yeah. kind of just sat down and talked to each other and we just said is this even worth it yeah. and uh, we just I suppose we got to kick up the, the ass then and we just said listen put the head down it's a good idea mm. uh, people like this you know what I mean yeah. it's a good product so we put our head down anyways, and I suppose our order started bumping back up then. Yeah, we were really focused on, like from the hundreds of messages that came in when we launched the page, it actually only whittled down to 27. But thank God, because I was in the kitchen by myself, I wouldn't have been able to, it wouldn't have happened, no. you know what I mean? We just about got to 27. I remember on the Sunday, we said a collection was at, I think three o'clock on Sunday. And I was saying, listen, no bother. We'll get it done, you know. I was in about 5 a.m. getting ready. Connor was coming and helping me. Well, little did I know, I didn't know the run of the kitchen. I didn't have the right equipment. I had huge pots, I had small orders. It was a nightmare. I had no KP, washing everything as I went. I'd cook, put it into a container, wash that tray, reuse it. Everything was slow. I wouldn't even help with the cook and the washing. He was there. He was there. We were running around with pots of pans on our heads, basically. We had customers coming to the door. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. We had customers coming to the door. Are you ready for collection? And we were just looking at them like, could you give us another two or three hours? Like two or three hours. Some of these people were traveling from Spittle, from my Cullen to collect the meals. You know what I mean? It wasn't the best start, but like we we got it out. But that that's like were, it was were, just. Were, were these were these the days where I, I heard some infamous stories that you were chicken, uh, you were cooking chicken curry without the chicken? Oh my god. Hey, I, 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 Mike's fault. No, 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 no. I won't. I will not take the hit on that. that was Mike's fault. I won't take the hit on that. I think uh, we got a little bit too big for our own boots at the start. We thought we were kind of. We thought we were class. And I think we we're just. We took the eye off the ball. We took the eye off the ball. Yeah. We 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 thought we were like not that we were cocky by any means but it was great to have our own schedule you know I like I necessarily didn't have to be in at a certain time and I think the both of us were just we took our eye off the ball okay. and we were kinda, it's until we, were, we reassessed we were kind of heading off doing our own thing and just firing someone in there expecting them to know what to do mm. and we brought someone in um, and I think on Friday I, I think we gone, had a, yeah. like you know it was one of the main dishes um, yeah it was, it was chicken curry <laughs> and everyone got a chicken curry that was too spicy without the chicken without chicken so, now we had someone in there that didn't really know uh, the run of the place probably didn't show them enough uh, it was just a fill in because I was away for the weekend so it wasn't me but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah that did happen it actually did happen and that that hurt us like little things like that have hurt us in the past but as I said we focused so much on customer service it was great at the start I could cook Connor could deliver Connor could deliver to the customer to their hand at their doorstep and ask them questions about the product how was the week what did you like what did you not like he built relationships like he built personal relationships he'd text them 
there'd be no problem getting an order in because they were actually friendly you know yeah. what I mean they trusted in our vision what our goals were at the start you know they knew we were starting off there was going to be a few bumps in the road I suppose and they trusted us and it's because of those core customers in Galway that we are here today to be, to, to be perfectly honest because for two years we focused on solely Galway customers like and the feedback and the support we got from the Galway customers helped us to excel and to grow into nationwide and do what we're doing today like without the Galway base and the, and, and, and the strong Galway community that we have we literally wouldn't be able to even do this podcast do you still have those customers we have serious amounts of core customers since day one yeah since, since day, day one we have some guys yeah. that are on since day one yeah it's unbelievable stuff like it's unbelievable Gents, what I want to know next is, is was there a, a penny drop moment for you for you guys where you kind of realised that this was going to be sustainable? Um, this was a project, a brainchild that you had coming from, from, from college. It was a, essentially a thesis project, a final year project. Um, so you didn't know it was going to blow up into the something that it is today. Was there a certain pinpoint moment that you can say, Jesus Christ, this is, there's something here? Well, I suppose once we launched National Distribution, it was massive for us. We seen orders that we've never seen before coming mm. from all parts of the country. So we knew we were kind of onto something then. Um, and then we just started focusing on the lifestyle, I suppose, and, yeah. and how it will benefit a lot of people. You know, we got people calling us saying, oh, I've lost this amount of weight. Mm. I couldn't live without clean cut meals. So, really? Yeah, mm. so that was... Uh, it was we, knew, we knew we were on something then, and yeah. we knew that we had all these regular customers coming in every week. So we knew that it was sustainable. And it is go in yeah. a certain direction now which we think that it's going to take off even more mm, I think we're on the right track definitely we there was a moment I guess when we just assessed what we were doing like are we here to make a wage are we here to pay people a wage and make a wage or are we here to make this business into something bigger and we definitely um, it, it definitely happened like I think it just took that little kick between ourselves to like let's grow this you know let's focus on our goals our mission bring it back to the mission and, and, and our goals and, and like where are we going to take this and how far can we take it uh, probably was in year two like Connor said we were just coming off the end of 2016 our second year Con each month constantly rising orders you know when you see that that's really satisfying as well it definitely gives you the confidence that you need yeah no, it's, it's interesting that you say it because I think I can pinpoint a, a, a place in time and you can give me your, your instant reaction of what you think of this oh, was, yeah. was, was, that, was that if you could kind of describe or explain to the, uh, the listeners what, what you see in front of you was this your penny drop moment I see a that's young it. handsome man on the left <laughs> that's what I see wrinkless <laughs> no wrinkles no we look good we look young uh, that was actually the moment the idea was born so Connor okay. came to me with the idea and he said to me, I want to take a photo because you're going to steal my idea. So we went outside and took a photo. This is no, this is no lie. This is actually for if, if I ever try and steal Connor's idea, he, he'll sue me for, with this. But then we have, a, we, have a very valid we have a very valid comment here by Daniel Donnellan. All contracts can be null and void if you are under the influence of alcohol and or Diz at the time of creating this contract. I know, I went to GMIT. So you know the knowledge coming through from GMIT again, and that's a fair comment. So we were probably under the influence, so I still could probably steal it. So it came in, in kind of two years down the road, you're talking 2017, yeah? 2017, when we launched National, we knew, like, open, even up until National, we focused on Galway and we had orders, like let's say our orders started at a base of 10 people and by the end of year one we grew up to 70 people. You know, we were constantly growing and acquiring new customers. By the end of year two we were up to a higher figure every month more and more so we knew there was interest there and once the National Distribution kicked in, that's when it exploded because you open up the floodgates, you have, you can market to everyone and social media is so powerful, you can put your ads in front of anyone that you want, you want. Whoever, whoever you want you can go that deep into it and we've seen then within about six months 
65% of our orders come from Dublin. Wow. Like that's yeah. that's how much it flips. Like, that's scary. I mean, you have you have one van. Or did you have a distribution? Yeah, no. So, so we, had, we, we, had, we had to sort that out. Yeah, we had to sort out. We without, couldn't we couldn't have possibly done it. We couldn't have yeah, possibly done it ourselves. To, we had to use a, a different courier. We used DPD. Mm, their so, partners know okay. us. Yeah, their partners. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there was a lot of hiccups when we first mm. started off them because there's no way we could we could get four no. drivers and go around Ireland and go to Clifton and then up to Ballybunion no, and where just, else? You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't you can't do. It's not attainable. You know what I mean? So. That was huge for us. When we sorted out how, uh, we had to sort out our package and test everything and how, and we found out how to do it with DPD, it was huge for us. Th- that, it was key. We, we couldn't have actually went national without a courier service like them. There's, there's a couple of others that do the same thing, but uh, a courier service is needed because we had one van. Going around Galway, we were like, I'll be fine. We, you'd spend for hours yeah, on for the For the first year, I was using my dad's car, like, yeah. you know, so I got to lend one of his kind of car vans. And what I was doing was I was doing maybe four runs around Galway. I'd do, go off one run, come back, load up the van, go back out again. Mm. So we went off then, we got another van, and then it just started getting a little bit too much. Mm. We, we'd have fell on the road. We, we employed a driver, and he was on the road for nearly 12 hours one Some day. Days. And we Some just days, said, yeah. this is just pointless, because he's ringing me, looking for directions, and then... We didn't the right systems yeah. we, we are not a logistics company you know and we die we just jumped into this with two feet let's just do it we're fine you know we'll learn which which you do you know you jump in you, you, you learn from your mistakes you grow but like we were like we need a better solution and we've seen it happening in the UK they're using outsourcing distribution in the US we feel most of our ideas will come from the US come from the UK as we feel the market is more developed there you'll get more ideas a couple of years ahead of us and that's where we took it back from and obviously you give these consignments to a logistics company it's their job to, to fulfill it you yeah. know that's their job that's their purpose ours is to help you change your life lose weight and it's their job to get at the customer by all means if there's a mess of delivery it's going to come back on us because we we promote the service yeah. it's going to get to the customer so if there is problems which there has been we'll take full full hit for them like you know but it's it's been great you know we've really come a long way with DPD like at the start yeah. as Connor said a lot of hiccups a lot of problems with packaging we were, our we side were, we, were, we were blaming them they were blaming us yeah it just wasn't we weren't communicating I had, you had, you had kind of like a tartar yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there was a lot of wastage lots yes. there was lots yeah. of broken there was packages a lot, it's just a lot of customers lost because when something arrives at your door and it's broken you don't even want to purchase again or you don't want a refund you exactly. just want the full product there yeah and people just we just found out that like a lot of our customers were just kind of falling off that mm. way it's like going to McDonald's you order a burger uh, you, you order a cheeseburger no cheese comes in burger you yeah. don't even want a refund you just you want to cheese your cheeseburger yeah. that's, that's all you want so that's, that's but like uh, we've had in France we've worked so well with yeah. them and it, there was problems and we will take complete responsibility then but uh, the partnership's going great so far like we, we're, we're testing new packaging we're always trying to put back into the product to evolve it to bring it to the next level for the customer like it's, it's always for the customer and right now it's going great hopefully in the next couple of months we're going to bring more which we aim to and like as I said partnership's going great and we wouldn't have been able to go national without somebody like that but, but even before that Mick um, I mean for the amount of loss that you took I mean I'm sure the first year you were making Minimum, like taking nothing from it. Mm. Um, where did the funding initially come from? Because you said you know they, they weren't going to do cash. No, did, so did, did you did you outsource that? Did you do no, it? So the, the, pre, the pre orders, the pre orders. But we, we we got some cash from friends and relatives and our own savings okay. for our website. That was crucial to how we started. Yeah. We knew we were going to sell online. Future was online back. Mm-hmm. Future. I mean, it was only two thousand fifteen. You know, everyone knew about online. 
But we knew we had to sell online. We knew we knew we get exposure. That's how we're going to get to our customers. It's not going to be a shop and word of mouth. It's all online. So we invested in a website. That was our first investment, our own investment. And then for the produce, as I said, we've done the pre-order scheme. So customers actually, from the, t- from the 400 messages, we had 27 orders. But those 27 orders, I had two weeks to work with. And I had the money in the bank to buy produce. So we literally, let's say we took in 1,000 I spent 600 of their money on their produce to give back to them. And then next week, I had surplus 400. So we snowballed. We just snowballed with customers. So we worked with the customer's cash. That was crucial and key because if you think about if somebody wants to start the same business now, a meal prep company, and do the same thing, let's do a pre-order scheme and we'll use the customer's cash People laugh at you and say, no, no, Clinical Meals have 150 reviews. They've got 30,000 likes on Facebook. Why am I going to impress from you with no validity? These guys are already kicking ass. You know what I mean? But that's how unique it was at the time. And that's what the crazy, like, that's how crazy it was. That's why the story is, I suppose, it's original to an extent. Blue Ocean? Absolutely. Um, I suppose when we started, we were definitely the only uh, meal prep provider in the West talk, of Ireland. Talk to us a little bit about Blue Ocean Strategy, sir. Okay, so basically that's when you're first to market uh, and you have, I suppose you could price your product at a premium price or a lower price. It doesn't really matter because you have no competitors. Um, this was key to us for pricing and for placement because we're placed at the top already. Pricing-wise, we obviously didn't want to go over the top because we're post-recession. We had to think how much would the customer pay for this? And as well, we needed to make our margin. Like we weren't going for huge margins at the start. Produce was expensive because we had no history, you know what I mean? So it was really tough to work out at the start. Uh, And when you were talking to us earlier on, you were saying, where was the penny drop? Was there confidence in this? Within our first year, we had a competitor come to Galway and start the exact same business. And we were up the shits. I remember my friend, he works in recruitment and he rang me and he said, Mick, you've got a big problem here. And I said, what's going on? And he said, uh, we've got these guys who are corporate. They've come in, oh, they, they have a premises in the, in the US, they have a premises in Poland and they're opening a premises in Galway. And I was like, holy smokes, what, what, like, what do you mean? He said, they're doing the exact same as you, but they're gonna offer a better service. Now, it was only me and Connor in the business at the start. We couldn't offer everything. Like, we would try our best to accommodate for as much as possible. We've done nutrition in the past. We know as much as we know, but we aren't nutritious by any means. These guys were going and employing nutritionists, personal trainers, dietitians, and chefs. They were going to bring you in for a consultation. They'd give you a unique plan, and they'd sell you a customized, complete bespoke plan for yourself. So we were like, holy shit, this is going to be crazy. Uh, what, was I, the, what was the response? I ran Connor. Yours is good. Like, he was like, Mike we're okay he goes we're fine like I remember I rang you and I was I was nervous I I always said competition was good because it always gave us a kick up the ass Mm. it always gave us a kick up the ass it always kind of gave us something to fear about Mm. but we knew the product was good because I remember you saying I know ours is better we don't need to be worried you were saying Mike we're fine and the more I heard that, I was, it's like, I don't know, it's like your missus when she's asking you a question. She's like, oh, no, you're fine. Everything's going to be fine. You know, you, you actually relax a little bit. Mm. And I did. I, I found a little bit of comfort in your fine. And funny enough, they came in, they employed all these people. They must have taken a hit on salaries for the first couple of weeks and rent and whatnot. Overheads that me and Connor never had to pay. Okay. We had our rent. That was it. Our other overheads, we didn't have wages. We had a small bit of electricity and whatnot. But these guys had massive overheads from the start. Within three months, they folded. You know, they were gone. Wow. Completely gone. And we had some of our customers actually go to there 
to go to their uh, service and then come back to us. And that was reassuring too because they were like... What, what, what do they say? Do what they, do, they what the did we say? I was offended obviously at the start yeah. but then we wanted to know why, like what. And you know, choice. Choice is great for a customer. It lets them know what's out there and then it's great for a, a competitor if you have a good advantage. If your product is better, which we believed ours was and surely enough it was because it, it stood. It stood on its own two feet. It's great when they say, well, they offered this. I was intrigued by this but... I found this a lot better. This was better, you know, so so they did come back to us. And Once the product is better, no. you know you're on something. Yeah. And our customer service as well, like we knew that, I think the person running the thing, he wasn't even Irish, so uh, we knew that we had a good customer relationship. Like it was a Galway place. Like I, I, I'm looking right behind you lads, you have small little bullet point notes. This is why it's such a, you talk about bespoke um, product and service. You have specific names and their and their order number. And it's tiny little things like add extra meat and cheese. Like that, that that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm sure those guys weren't able to, to keep up with that. I know you say they put themselves out, but mm. you guys put them out really. Yeah, and I suppose the customer service goes a long way. It's when it comes to someone just missing a tub of protein balls, a week it could be huge for us mm. you know they won't order us off us again so, so going back to your cheeseburger no cheese yeah it is and it's just making sure that we're ensuring the customer that you know it's, it's we're the best we're going to take care of you yeah, we're going to take care of you talk, talk to me about choice yeah so we change our menu every week so literally new dishes every single week uh, a lot of companies would change them six weeks eight weeks some companies would change them every six months. They'd offer a set plan of, uh, set amount of dishes, you pick whatever you want. Mm-hmm. What we do is we offer a specific plans. So we would offer plans uh, ranging in calories. So higher or lower calories, lower end of the scale, you're looking at fat loss, higher end of the scale, you're looking at bulking. It's simple equations, it's simple mm-hmm. science, you know what I mean? If you're in a deficit or a surplus, you're either gonna gain or lose um, weight, you know? So that's what we offer. We offer set plans, set menus, so the customer doesn't have to choose. If they don't know, what they should be eating in terms of calories, we can guide them with these plans. If they want custom meals, by all means, if they need five meals a day and the PT is saying you need to get 4,000 calories, by all means, we can do this. There's no problem at all. But what we were doing is we were, we were, we were putting ourselves, I suppose, in the middle of the road in terms of pricing. So we didn't want to say five meals is going to be 400 euro a week, which yeah. so, it's, it can be. If you have that many calories, it's a lot of food. It's a lot of prep. But we're not going to have that on our website. We'll just have the, I suppose, we take it from the average Joe or Mary where you're coming in an average male, 80 kilos, five foot 11 and yeah, he wants yeah. to gain some weight so that's where he were coming on from the for the male perspective or the female perspective is a little bit lower you know what i mean and if i if i was coming to you you know sitting across the table i said guys i'm looking to put on a couple of pounds here even though i probably don't need it around the neck but, uh, <laughs> what, would you, what would you say to me what would you well, say to we, me? we do a custom plan for you yeah we'd no, ask obviously your activity plan. levels and yeah. like what are your goals you said weight but like, what are you doing in terms of? I'm like, very, I'm very inactive. You're inactive. What's your job? You sit at a desk. You don't yeah, I do sit much. At a desk. I'm a desk job. We That's take all those factors in. Yeah, and, and we, I suppose we evaluate then your yeah, calories. How many you burn? Yeah. I have no, I have no interest in uh, fitness. I've never really played sport ever in my life. But I, I know I do need to lose a bit of weight. Okay, you're going to lose a bit of weight. So you probably need to get a little bit of activity. And food is okay. definitely a massive factor. They say 70, 30. Okay. You get your food right, you start doing a bit of activity. Even a small bit of walking. 70 to food. 70% food. 30% is your exercise. That's Excuse me, you heard it here first. Exactly. That's the formula to success. Obviously, you need to do a small bit of work yourself, walking, whatnot. Slowly but surely, get into it. I think once you get your food nailed, you'll start to feel better in yourself anyways. You might see some results, but until you actually take that step burn those extra calories you're not going to see massive results and if we went on a strict like let's say calorific I can't pronounce that yeah calorific excuse me deficit 
you'd be sitting at your desk hungry and complaining and saying, well, this isn't working for me. But it's, it's, you have to take it into your own perspective. Where are you going with your goals? Yeah. What do you want from this? If you're going to sit at your desk all day and we're going to give you two meals only, you're going to be depressed mm. and you're going to be starving because your calories are way lower than they should be. If you were doing a little bit of a workout, we could give you an extra meal and you'd feel fuller, but you'd, look, you'd, like, you'd feel so much better. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's different for every person. Well, I don't understand at the moment, lads, and you might be able to shed a light for me. So there, there is, there's a huge kind of fitness uh, revolution at the moment. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Everyone is, it seems like every corner you turn now in, on Instagram and just in general, People are joining gyms. People seem to be more active than ever. Why is it such a dichotomy, the fact that obesity levels have, have, are on the rise at the same time? Uh, I don't know. It's funny because Ireland, I think, are ranked top three in Europe for the most obese. Um, personally, I think it's, it's culture and it's, it's, it's relationships with food and lifestyle. I think for the younger generation, like I, let's, let's go from like 18 to 27, 28. I think everyone's kind of more health conscious uh, in, in that age range because even if I look on my Instagram, my Facebook, I see my friends, even going to the gym, I see 17, 18, 19 year olds beasting over me. And it's, it's intimidating as well because these guys, they know their nutrition. You know they know their nutrition. Yeah. They're eating right. They're training well. But then I think the obesity comes into it in terms of the older generation that never had that um, knowledge. There's a lot of knowledge online. You can go onto Instagram or, as I said, YouTube. You can go onto Facebook. You can learn about nutrition. And it's it's not the most detailed thing. Like, it's it's pretty simple science, you know. And once you understand nutrition, it can really help with your weight loss or gain and your actual lifestyle. But I think the older generation... You know Ireland yourself. It's it's Asher. I'll be fine, and yeah. stick to what you know. And but I think the older generation, not as such, have the knowledge. But as well as that, like Jewel, like parents work now. Both parents work. They go out to work. Your mother would work. Your father would work. You'd be dropped to a daycare. I think the obesity comes in for the older generation and definitely the younger, younger. So like from two to six or two to eight, little kids who are not being looked after properly by the parents who don't have the education, who don't do it themselves. I feel that we're going to come out of it definitely within the next 20 years when we all start to have our own kids and stuff because we know this. We know it's a good, healthy lifestyle. Is a healthier life, you know, we're going to prolong our life. But I feel the older generation going to work, mothers don't know how to cook now. There's no, none of this dad goes to work. What's that about? It's just because we have to work. We need the money. Coming out of post-recession, uh, I feel that we needed the money. And as well as that, like, we could even go into, like, saying um, the, the glass ceiling. You know, women had to stay at home. Now it's, yeah. they don't, you know, women are empowered. They, mm-hmm. by all means, are just as good as male in the workforce. So women like to get out the, there and work. There's no problem at all. And they're embracing that. The whole world's embracing that. Like you have multiple, like so successful CEOs that are, are female as well. They want to work. In the past, Ireland, you stay at home, you work, you, you cook. But that's where the cooking came in. Your children would learn how to cook because your mother cooked. But now your mother doesn't cook. Your father's at work all evening. You're dropped to daycare or you're, you're gone to school. You buy a packed lunch. It's not nutritious. That's just a vicious cycle and it's 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 tough for kids because they can't cook themselves they don't have the ability to buy healthier lunches you know they're given what they they're just they get what they're given you know what i mean did, did, did the interest in in food for for both of you guys come initially from your mother uh, who used to cook for you at home i know for myself anyways it was definitely my mother who uh, sparked a love of food and nutrition with me mm, food definitely for me i've been cooking since i was about 12 years old i remember cooking omelets whenever i was hungry i always had an interest in cooking and my mom said to me why don't you become a chef and i said well i don't know like maybe i never took it seriously enough i 
did get a job at a pizzeria when I was about 16 I really liked it okay. uh, half because I got free pizzas but like I actually enjoyed cooking and I was quite good at it too I actually believed that I was decent and then I went on from there so definitely it was instilled in me from a young age and I love food I love eating I love what it what about you? so-so like I suppose you know when you're at home like your moments your home cooking yeah. like so it's, it's not very nutritious but when I started getting into the gym I did start doing a lot of my own cooking started looking up a lot of recipes and I suppose following a lot of like bodybuilders mm. uh, what they were eating and it's very it was very simple so I suppose that's where my love came from and then once we set up clean companies I suppose we were putting twists on mm. those dishes to make them a lot more like classic dishes yeah. bringing them healthy but, but is, there's, there, there, there is a myth that exists that, that cooking is, is difficult like you'd be surprised oh, yeah. how many people actually cannot put a chicken fillet in the oven yeah. oh no I know it I know for sure uh, it's crazy I think cooking comes with passion too though you enjoy, if you enjoy yeah. if you enjoy something you're going to do it more if it's something that you hate doing you just don't want to do it and that's where you won't learn because you force yourself that's you don't true. want you don't want to learn you know so like for me it was always a passion I love it I go home every night I cook every single day you know I cook seven days a week and I enjoy it but it's because I'm good at it as well yeah, yeah. if it took me an hour to chop up a stir fry mix I'm not sure what I like cooking every day it'll take me five minutes you know what I mean it would really really go remiss of me uh, gents if I didn't speak about it today but you, you're I mean you're absolutely bloody nailing it on, on social media social network platforms you, your Instagram feed is, is something it's, it's something to behold it's, it's, it's the right amount it's the Goldilocks territory of, of not too much and not too little um, so I think what you're doing is congrats yourself at the start from doing that can you give me a little bit of insight, even at a personal level, uh, what your kind of your uh, digital marketing scheme or platform was? And w- what was your ideas at the start? Uh, our ideas, I suppose, were just to get out there, get in front of people. Um, we did like to educate people because a lot of people don't know like the benefits of food. So we like pushing out educational posts and we just we, we really want to get in front of the customer's face because I believe once we get a customer we'll hold on to them like there's there's nothing worrying about that mm-hmm. but we really need to get out there getting people's faces get in their heads and just I suppose that's 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 how we first started off our, our, our strategy at the start like we the awareness that we got from launching the Facebook at the start like 3,000 likes in a week is it's insane yeah. it's insane but that mainly came from a massive um, Connor has a huge amount of friends you know what I mean I have a decent amount of friends, friends. I, have a de- I, have a, I have a few are we, are we friends I've got a new friend um, share, but, but no between the both of all of our friends shared it which yeah. is huge already and then from there uh, like growing our Instagram and Facebook it came with a lot of persistence you know you've got a yeah. like jab 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 hook yeah, lots of content with the sales post but the right people as well we're going to exactly. ask a lot of influencers influencer marketing was I huge was, and that again is another segue question I mean just to name a few names Lee Keegan David Comer Austin Gleeson Barry Hewan like how, how do you I find it difficult even to get on to guys like you <laughs> how do you get on to these uh, A-list celebs yeah well, I suppose once you get on to one you know it's they kind of like talk. a snowball effect they talk mm. like yeah one one big person's following another bigger person so if we if we get to the top person it's going to filter down to them mm. so that's how we get on to them and I suppose influencers marketing is so huge for us because we're in the food industry I suppose and if we were getting on to makeup artists you know they have a completely different market but different they're channels all, they're all looking to uh, they're all looking to eat everybody's everybody's it's, looking to eat it's the same with the gala lads mm. it's the same with um, actors boxers mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it, it, is it kind of more so for time constraints because they're too busy training they don't have the time to for sure knowledge too though knowledge too like people can go to the gym like by all means you can go and work your ass off but a lot of people don't 
take the time to learn about the nutritional side of the food because that is like as I said it's key it's key to success in terms of changing your body transforming it the way you want it to be and I think knowledge definitely is one but time is huge now because as I said everybody works like people are busy you know if we can take that time and you can put that time back into things you love like you could learn to play the piano you could take your kids for a walk after work with, with, without spending an hour cooking you know what I mean this is crucial it's not just the time though that we offer it's the lifestyle you know what I mean we really offer the, ch the change of lifestyle like when you join our team we want to be there and help guide you to reach all your goals you know do, do you kind of get a little bit frustrated when you associate yourself directly with um, what sometimes people would classify as a fake industry within the fitness industry do you have to be very selective and careful with the types of people that you associate and connect yes. yourselves with yes yeah. we, we, we definitely research all our influencers we do a bit of background work mm. if we feel that uh, they're not up for it or if they're just in it for the money um it's a big no-go because at the end of the day, like I even seen a post there yesterday about a blogger and she got £800 of this big company to promote their product. They gave them £800 for a post. They got no followers and they actually had some sort of tracking thing to follow her and she was losing like 15, 1,500 followers a day but then she'd be up with another 2,000 followers the next day. So these people are actually paying... Um, they're, whatever app they're paying for they're, they're paying for the followers so we've got to be careful about that we can't be kind of tricked into these these sort of kind mm. of methods because we're investing to individuals at the end of the day and we're taking our time to get their orders right and if we're not seeing a return from that return our return investment from that investment we're putting into the individual it's just not worth our while yeah like we have to be selective too in terms of do they embrace the brand do they believe in the brand because that's crucial in terms of authenticity like you you see ads all day on facebook and on instagram and you you, you know what's genuine and what's not like key thing for us as influencers that actually embrace the brand that believe in the brand believe in the lifestyle and like what we want to do is build a community this is like a future thing for us we want to have a community in clean cut meals where you join the team not as an influencer not even as an influencer but as a customer too you would actually join the team we're going to have a support flat platform where you can talk about issues on weight gain weight loss and we want to have these influencers who are in the fitness industries the sport industries give their personal opinions on different scenarios. Even a little well done on someone's Instagram post where they lost six pounds. You don't know how much that would benefit that person. Like honestly, that'd light the fire underneath them to make yeah. them push on. For the likes of Dame McComer, like he's a massive name in Galway. And if we he's had- He's a real genuine fella. He is, he's a very yeah. decent fella. And like if we had a customer who's lost or put on six pound of muscle and the likes of him to comment, well done, Galway captain onto a massive year. He's gonna think, geez, this guy's watching me progress. You know, it's that kind of community that we want to to, um, evolve the brand into we want to be there to help people not just to buy our plan we don't care if you're in one week or the other we're trying to really get you locked into a commitment to yourself and a commitment to change your life for the better life the future the future is now but the future is also in the future you can do that again <laughs> <laughs> that was very good <laughs> I, I liked it I liked it we'll keep all this in so we heard it that was good right man that was um, good the future of Clean Cut Meals, where, where is the future for you guys? The future, the future is, the future is looking bright. 
Yeah. Constantly growing is a massive thing for us. Saturation of the Irish market and to constantly innovate and stay ahead of the curve. We want, we, we want to be the market leaders. We want to be the go-to people. And like I keep saying this, but we want to create a community. We don't want to offer meals to get in one day, get out one week, you know what I mean? We want to offer a community where we take care of you and we're all in it for the same outcome. We want to better, we just want to better ourselves for a better lifestyle, you know, we want to be healthier. So like I suppose saturate the Irish market is key for um, 2018 and going forward and then we have big plans then. Hopefully it's the UK. Yeah, branch out. We want to branch out UK market the UK. That's our next step, I think. Um, so once we nail like the Irish market, we feel that we have a strong enough product to go toe-to-toe with the best meal prep companies in England. And um, we feel that we could succeed there too. It's just about, there's a few little hurdles that we need to get over in terms of getting it to the UK and how we're going to do it. We've a few things sorted out in source, but we'll, uh, we'll let you just stay tuned and see how we get there. If I was talking to you guys there two years ago, would you, and we were sitting, having this interview, say two years ago, would you be able to believe where you are now? <laughs> no. No, I don't think we so. We did have a, vin- a vision, of course. We didn't think we'd be here and focusing no. on the UK. Like we've surpassed our goals for 2018 in 2017. You know what I mean? We set goals and we set targets, and uh, it's just been it's been constantly on the up. So I don't see why we couldn't go on even further and try and dominate even more. And like the key thing is not just to dominate, but to really impact people and help them. You know. Uh, last question. It's a very simple one. Your favorite dish from the menu? Chicken burrito bowl. I like that. And why? It's just tasty. Mm. It's it's it's. I'm a big fan of Bujum, but I think the our own chicken burrito bowl is actually nicer. So yeah. there you go. Spice box. Spice box. Yeah, healthy spice box. Stuff? It's got sweet potato, um, orange two onions, peppers, chicken, and curry sauce. Beautiful. So it's kind of dirty, but it's clean. I love you it. Know I, love I, mean? it. I, love, I love a bit of dirty sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, folks, this was the Dogcast. But before we finish up, the, the, these, these absolute gentlemen are going to tell us where you can catch them, where you can grab them, and uh, where you can uh, fondle them as well. What? Uh, where can we get you guys? Social media, Facebook. Yeah. Facebook uh, and Instagram, Clean Cut Meals. Info um, or just go online. Um, cleancutmeals.e yeah. send us a message from there or you can order from there yeah so and you, our phone number's there mine's Michal phone number's at the bottom of the page Connor's phone number's there don't be afraid to reach out if you have any questions give us a call send us an email we'll get right back to you folks this was the Dogcast listen all I can say is thank you so much for, no, thank you. for, for giving as much of yourself today it's been an absolute laugh and a pleasure having you today so thank you so much no bother, thank you um, folks this was the Dogcast we'll see you in the next episode thank you so much again bye bye